show. <laughs> okay, welcome to Political Football. Cleve uh, needs a haircut, and uh, we're excited to be here to talk about the draft and uh, Debo Samuel and some other things. Cleve, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm battling pollen. Guys, eyes are red. Voices nasally. I mean, I'm some nasally voices, kind of scratchy. Uh, running on a few hours of sleep, but always ready to talk some football. Uh, political football brought to you by Maddie Ice Media, where you can find all your greatest podcasts. The Manual, bruh, it's a podcast uh, and uh, drip spill. Uh, is there anything else you want to say uh, about Maddie Ice Media right now? What do you mean? Oh, my like, uh, like about you, perhaps? Um, yeah. So now I've I've been uh, I've been elevated from not just being on on air talent. Now I'm. Um, the head of talent acquisition so anyone who wants to podcast or or has a podcast show that you want to uh present to us to get on the uh, platform please feel free to reach out to me uh you can email me at cleveland.wasting at gmail.com thank you i mean that's uh that's absolutely fantastic i am so happy for you and i cannot think of a better person for this uh for this position thank you sir okay now um would you be upset though if I decided to trade you for Debo Samuel? Because apparently he wants to trade. What happened? I, I didn't even hear that one. I mean, we're looking at we got some uh contract problems, apparently. He wants a raise because all these wide receivers now are getting huge money because Christian Kirk makes $20 million a year. Yeah, it just takes one guy to set the market, as you said. It takes one guy. Yeah, and the thing is, if Christian Kirk is getting 20, Debo Samuel probably deserves 30, but Debo doesn't actually deserve 30, right? Yeah, I don't think he deserves 30, but he definitely deserves what that guy got. <laughs> <laughs> significantly, significantly more, more likely. So, um, yeah. Wouldn't that, I, be, wouldn't that be cool in real life? Like, you, someone at your job just get, gets a raise. You get wind of it and be like, I'm worth that and more. Yeah, especially if, like, you're irreplaceable at your job and you can just hold out and not have <laughs> to uh, um, deal with anybody or anything. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. all right so just a reminder for the uh for the listeners we are doing this as a live stream as well as a podcast so if you're listening on uh on a podcast to this the show is live uh we will have a live show coming up this coming thursday for the nfl draft we'll be the draft starts at eight o'clock so we'll be starting the show a little bit before then mm -hmm. um so i can you know, get everybody prepped and ready to go. Cleve, we you know we got the Lions picking at two, the Jets at four, the Jets at ten. Three of the top ten is us. So, how are you feeling about that? Um, I'm looking to get better. I, I'm, I'm, I know I said every year that we're looking to get, we're looking to get better. I'm looking to compete. I'm looking to, you know, have something to look forward to. Obviously, not playoffs. You know, but at least, <laughs> at least, at least, uh, five going wins. To yeah, uh, yeah, I've been I've been toting five wins for the. Let's take it up to seven. Let's take it up to seven. What are they, the Lions? <laughs> seven wins. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. I, I I'm just looking to enjoy the season because I I end up finding out that I'm rooting for other people's teams and it's not cool. <laughs> not uh, so. Cool. Last year you were rooting for the Lions because of our ridiculous, uh, ridiculous bet that you made that they won seven games last yeah. year, which they really should have won five. So it wasn't, it like in spirit you were more correct than mm -hmm. than we gave you credit for. So what team do you think you're going to be rooting for this year when the Jets start one and six? Uh 
Well, it would have been Cleveland, but um, I don't not the Deshaun Watson guy. <laughs> no, so it ain't that ain't gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually gonna go on a limb and say I'm rooting for Dallas. All right, well, that's my political football. Everybody, thanks for listening. I'll let you know when I start a new project with a new co-host. Goodbye. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, huh? Um, yeah. Just I want. Are you rooting for the Cowboys? Or are you rooting for Dak? Rooting for Dak. Um, so good. Uh, good segue. I'm rooting for Dak. I, I, I think. I think he he deserves um, his season not to end the way it did um, last season. Um, I think he's deserving of his money, and I think that you know, uh, with some with some moves, they probably can go go a little further. Um, I wanted to go with you guys against you guys can be a hard knocks, but um, I'm just trying to. Uh, I, I I owe you on a bet that I gotta pony up on. So I mean, the thing is, is that you. If you're going to root for another team, you want to root for a team that has a chance to win. Um, some of the teams I'm probably going to be rooting for this year, obviously the Ravens, my AFC team. I love Lamar yeah. Jackson, so I'll be rooting for them. Uh, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, you sold me on them. I mean, you actually sold me on Herbert. Like, when you told me Herbert was coming out, you was like, watch this kid. And, <laughs> man, you were right. <laughs> I mean, the, I did the, think he'd have to sit for a year. I didn't think Ty Robert is lung punctured by the doctor. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Chargers are are ready to go. And that's the thing. We mentioned the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Chargers, all teams that could conceivably trade for Debo Samuel. And imagine Debo on any of them. Yeah. No, I, I mean, um, good quarterbacks um, could happen. I mean, you know, do you think they're going to offload him? I mean, if he's asking for a trade right before the draft and he's asking for too much money, I, I don't know they're going to have much choice because he's a second round pick. So there's no fifth year option. I mean, they're. Yeah. They're Damn, gonna point. have to. They're good gonna point. have to uh, trade them. I, I mean, they could still reconcile, I suppose. But this is far past the point of like AJ Brown, who took the Titan stuff off of his social media. Uh, Kyler Murray took the Cardinal stuff off his social media. None of them are reporting to their offseason workouts. But they're not telling Adam Schefter their time has come to an end with the organization the way Debo is. Debo's at another level here. Well. If if Debo really wants to sell it, he should do what Brandon Marshall did a few years ago, with just like when they're throwing balls at him in Denver, he's just like knocking them down, like he doesn't want to catch the ball. Remember that shit? He's like, want, I got. He's like, he's in he, he's in a drill, and he's not giving any kind of percentage. Like he's like, I'm done. I'm really done, guys. I'm done. I love it. I uh, he could threaten to just take over and play quarterback for them, but he might be an improvement over Jimmy G anyway. So that might not. Be I can't believe Jimmy G is still there, dude. I I, I thought that would have been a move. Well, he had that off-season shoulder surgery, and I okay. think he gained it. I think he put the surgery off so long that he can't throw until, like, into training camp, so nobody wants to trade for him. It was his throwing shoulder? Yeah. And so oh, now, shit. like, yeah, so now, like, nobody will trade for him or offer good value for him, so San Francisco won't give him up. So he's, like, forced his way back into San Francisco. That's a chess move. That was dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Imagine being that smart and that handsome. <laughs> porn star jimmy it's actually uh actually is uh uh kind of annoying so we have the draft coming up the draft is in eight days it's a week from a week from tomorrow and i just wanted to uh go back over some of the draft principles we talked about a couple of these last year there's a couple more to expound on and then go over some of the offensive skill position prospects the most exciting ones and the ones i know the most about because i know them for fantasy mm-hmm. i'm sure there's an offensive guard that's going to be great i couldn't tell you like what makes them great 
<laughs> you know, it's just that, oh, the NFL people say he's probably good. So I'm like, yeah, he's probably good. But the skill position guys that can actually like create some, create some opinions on. Um, so the first draft principle here is one that I think you've come around on now too, which is that running backs are worthless and should never be drafted in the first round for any reason. Yeah. You like, you took me like to, if, 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 if this was an analogy, this would be you taking me to the river and baptizing me to make me see the light. <laughs> yeah. We wash away the sins of Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, now, nah, like you said, like you famously said, you can right now drop the target in uh, in Del Rey and just grab a running back off the street. And that's and I mean, but that's a very important point too because. Even last year, I was making the argument like, okay, if you're a really good team and you're really complete and all you need is a running back, maybe if you get the top running back on the board, you do it. But even the Chiefs did that with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and they still screwed it up because now they have to trade Tyreek Hill. Right after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it was like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, 10 picks later, Chase Claypool. Like, mm-hmm. just take the receiver. <laughs> yeah, I mean – uh, Najee Harris went to the um, the Steelers, right? Yep. And um, how'd that work out? Um, I mean, he didn't. I mean, he he's fine. He's he's a good football player, and the Steelers were ass. Like, you know, it yeah, doesn't but they, matter. But, but they got rid of um, Connor, and Connor went to the to the uh, cards, and I, you know, actually was used as a, a as a as a Swiss Army knife. Had a great season. Yes, although a lot of James Connor. Greatness this season came from touchdowns, which are highly variant. So, like, he mm. won't score 16 touchdowns this year, right? He'll probably score mm. like six, and okay. then he won't look he won't look quite as good. Like, only the Damian Tomlinson yeah. scores something like that, or Priest Holmes, like over and over and over. Wow, um, good, good, good uh, pickup, Priest. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, my uh, one of my one of my old school fantasy football guys, right there. Um, so a team like Buffalo this year, right? They made it really far last year. They were the best team in the NFL last year. You know, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Best team doesn't always win it. The Bills are the best team. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, these are just guys. Devin Singletary's maybe slightly above just the guy, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. Picking at the 25th this year, the Bills could pick any running back they want, I think. I think every running back will be on the board, and they just shouldn't do it. Honestly, they should just spend their fifth, sixth, and seventh picks on running backs and like mm. try to find one or try to find two. And and any guys that you think would would fit there? I mean, any of them, honestly, any of them. because because they're all basically interchangeable. So none of them have that value. When we get to the running back discussion, we'll talk about some of the top prospects and how like a few years ago they would have gone in the top five, mm. and now they might not even go in the first round. Because for example, the 49ers last year they trade up in the third round for Trey Sermon. You know, they randomly draft Eli Mitchell in the sixth. They get into camp where they're like, Trey Sermon sucks. We're playing Eli Mitchell. And it's like, yeah, because they're all kind of the same, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and even if you do have a special talent at running back, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Chiefs don't, the Bills don't. Aaron Jones is pretty good, but he was a fifth-round pick for the Packers. Um, The Bucs don't have a special talent. They have Leonard Fournette, who's good for them, but never should have been the fourth overall pick. Yeah. Um, what are the good teams? The Rams, Cam Akers was a second round pick out for the year. So they brought in Darrell Henderson, who was a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle was a first round pick and a bust with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Had to come in. Like 
the good teams don't really need great, great running backs, right? All the best running backs are on teams that were not that great. Jonathan Taylor didn't make the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey keeps getting hurt, but even when he is healthy, the Panthers aren't making the playoffs. Correct, yeah. Right. It's just do not invest capital into the running back position. You can replace it later. Mm. Okay. Now, I want to – I've mentioned this before on the show, but for any new listeners uh, that we have since last time I mentioned this, I do want to uh, say this again. There is no running back in the history of the NFL that as a prospect is worth a top 10 draft pick in the year 2022. What? Are you – Okay. Not a single one. There are only, I went through, I only came up with five, although I was at work thinking fast, mm-hmm. okay, with five that would be worth a first round pick in 2022. Yeah, prospects. Five. Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Christian McCaffrey. No OJ. No uh, Earl Campbell. So no. Earl, Cam- Earl Campbell and OJ, it's tough because we didn't really get to see if they could catch passes like that because they weren't really mm-hmm. used like that. So if, if, yes, if Earl Campbell can catch passes like Christian McCaffrey, obviously. So wait, all right. So wait a minute. So no Roger Craig, no Marshall Falk. No, Marshall Falk's on the list. Okay. Okay. So but, no Roger Craig, but that but was Earl, the, that was the original, that was the original guy. If I, if yeah. I'm but but, he's, but he wasn't, he wasn't a good enough runner, right? They had to bring a Tom Rathman to do the heavy lifting on the ground. Mm. Right. So you wouldn't, you can, you can get Roger Craig later. You can get Naheem Hines and James White and all those other players that can catch the ball out of the backfield later, right? Mm-hmm. In 2022, no running back ever as a prospect is worth a top 10 pick. Obviously, with what we know now, you would always take LaDainian Tomlinson with the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul saying that I missed Jim Brown. I did not miss Jim Brown. Jim Brown and Derrick Henry are the same person. Derrick Henry wasn't even a first-round pick now when he came out, and he should not be a first-round pick as a prospect if he were coming out again. They're literally the same player. Mm. Right. As prospects, when we don't know, we're just projecting them, not as first, not as first round picks, not as top 10 picks in 2022. At the time they were taken, yes. <laughs> like OJ should have been the first overall pick in 1970 or whenever, but not now. Because you could replace that production so much later. It's now more efficient to pass the ball. It's easier to pass the ball. Wide receivers are worth more. Jamar Chase is worth more than any running back over the last five years, over the next 20. 100%. Right? That's why I'm saying the, the, the game has changed so much that the mm-hmm. greatest running backs in history aren't even worth heavy draft capital anymore. And that's because the because the game is so pass heavy? Is that is that what you're saying? It's because it's pass heavy, and because of that, the production you get, you can make up later. For example, let's take Randy Moss and Barry Sanders, right? Mm -hmm. In 2022, you can much more easily replace the production of Barry Sanders than you could replace the production of Randy Moss. Mm. In 1970, that's not true. Like, you want the running back coming in, carry the ball 8 million times. Yeah. And so for that reason... Teams should not invest in the running back position with heavy draft capital for basically anyone. Mm. So, and this will come up again when we talk, because I have a comparison for the top draft prospect this year at running back and somebody that compared to recently. Um, Great, great question, Emma. Yeah. So Emma Franklin asked, does this impact player development and preferences of college players? So, Yes and no. 
what I think it's mostly going to impact is the collective bargaining agreement and the next time they have to agree to it. Because what's happening is that teams are taking these running backs and burning through them by the time they're like 26 and then just replacing them with somebody else because they're so cheap and easy to get now, right? And mm-hmm. so a lot – what we'll, we'll see start happening is that running backs will start making a lot less money and then therefore top athletes through high school and into college won't want to play running back. will try to play wide receiver or defense right? Because they can play for longer and get paid more for it. So yes, it will eventually impact player development because only then like the best, like uh size speed running backs will play the running back position. Every Naheem Hines and James White will play corner because they have a better chance of playing for longer and making, and making more money. That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Um, Okay, so again, the the running backs in history, I would use a first-round pick on in 2022, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Christian McCaffrey. That's it. And again, again of that list, it's based on that these guys can catch. Except they're good in space. Yeah. Right? That's what you're saying. I mean, Gail Sayers wasn't really, like, used as a wide receiver, but come on. Like, obviously. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Not – not 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 a problem. Not a problem there, I'm sure, for the Kansas comment. Okay, uh, next draft principle to focus on. First-round picks are important because you get a fifth-year option on those players. The organization can choose to add a fifth-year onto the rookie contract. This is huge if a player is working out, doubly so at the quarterback position, so you can put off having to pay them for, for an extra year. This is why, even though the Jets offered the Chiefs a trade package that was more valuable than what the Dolphins offered. The Dolphins deal included a first round pick. So the Chiefs took that one. Mm-hmm. That way, if they hit on that one pick, they can keep them for an extra year, which is important to them because they have to pay Patrick Mahomes $8 trillion. <laughs> uh, okay, we got another hot take incoming here, Cleve. I want to get your opinion on this one. Second round picks are just as important to team building as first round picks. You may not be able to win the Super Bowl without hitting huge ceilings on your on a couple first round picks, but you cannot be a good football team without also hitting your second round picks. Yep. And we're talking like we're not talking late second round, right? We're talking like mid oh, to no, top. we're talking second anywhere. The entire the entire, and the second, entire round. second round. Yeah, the round the entire second round now should be viewed with as much fervor and expectation as the first round. It is just as important. Now you're less likely to get like your hall of famers coming out of there, especially at like the receiver and quarterback positions, mm-hmm. uh, tight end. You can all the good tight ends, like Kittle, Kelsey, Mark Andrews. They're all second rounders. Um, Paul saying that that's not even a hot take. Uh, yeah. It's not a hot take for in, in general, but it could be a hot take for some of the listeners out there that like, you also need to watch the second day of the draft just as much as the first. Um, so, for example, let's look at some of the players. Two or three starters from every draft. Yeah, so Paul's making a point. He says that you need two to three starters from, from every single draft. I'm not I'm not sure that I agree with that totally, but if, if you do that, you're going to be good. Like, you can't suck. That's the Ravens. The Ravens do that. The Ravens get two to three starters every draft, and, like, they're never that bad, right? So, Cleve, um, I'm going to give you some players – and I want you to tell me if they were drafted in the first or second round, okay? Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. First round. Second round. Wow, really? DK, DK Metcalf. Second round. AJ Brown. Second round. T. Higgins. First round. Second round. 
Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I could go on and on. And I already mentioned the tight ends. Kelsey, second round. Kittle, mm-hmm. second round. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, second round. Um, Darren Waller was either undrafted or, like, really late. Kyle Pitts, of course, was, like, a top five pick last year. But, like, the top tight ends are all, like, sort of in that second round kind of range. Most of the best offensive linemen, especially the interior linemen, coming in the second round. And the reason that the second round is so, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what up, Don? Uh, so the reason the second round picks are so important is just basic math, right? In the NBA, second round picks are like fifth round picks in the NFL. Yeah. Like a second round pick doesn't work. Like who cares? But in the NFL, when you have 53 players on your roster, your second round pick, you get two new players every year. Well, every five years, that's only 10 players. That's 20% of your team. And then they got to sign them big money or they got to move on or whatever. So if those players bust, that's like your best shot at 20%, right? 20% of your team, first two rounds, a couple other like good free agents. I mean, that's it. So mm. you cannot afford to consistently miss on the second round. They don't necessarily need to be Jonathan Taylor or T. Higgins, but they absolutely cannot cannot flame out. I mean, the um, Packers treading up out of the second round to take Jordan Love and <laughs> then passing on DK Metcalf. Man. I mean, you could argue that cost them a Super Bowl. <laughs> you think? Yeah, this year. They, they, they probably, with DK Metcalf this year, they probably beat the 49ers in the Rams. I mean, it, you know, be, you know, think about it, but it, it's definitely in the conversation. Jordan Love yeah. can't help him. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, Poor so you got to hit, got to hit, got to hit the second round, uh, second round picks as well. Now, third round picks are as important as second round picks when being used on positions of great depth, offensive line, defensive line, defensive backs, right? Where you need like five players, you know, rotate through five quality players to be good. Third mm-hmm. round picks become just as important. Uh, wide receiver as well. You get some good third round wide receiver value in there. Nowadays, you start getting good running backs in the third round. But generally speaking, if a team takes an offensive lineman in the third round, they had better be good. If they take a quarterback, they're kind of hoping because the best quarterbacks go in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, Russ was a third round pick, Dak was a fourth round pick, but normally you get quarterbacks up early. But if your team takes a guard in the third round, they they better not suck. They better they better be good. Mm-hmm. Fourth round picks and later. I mean, if this is a hot take, fourth round picks and later should be used almost exclusively on incredibly high upside plays, not safe picks, not, not people who, you know, are just going to contribute or like can help on special teams. You should be swinging for the fences with pretty much every pick between rounds four and seven. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I I can, I can, I can get behind that. Right. Now this will lead to two inevitable outcomes. The first is that if you're doing that every so often, one of these players needs to be really good. Right. They need to be like fantastic, right? All mm-hmm. pro, pro bowl level to make up for the fact that if you're swinging for the fences a lot, you're going to strike out a lot. So teams should not be judged too harshly if their fourth or seven round picks are generally terrible. If every couple years, every three, four years, once a presidential term, they hit a should have been a first round guy. Mm. I'm trying to think of uh, good good examples of this. And again, I normally have like tons of notes for the show. Work's been so crazy. I have like 
half a page. <laughs> That's it. Um, no examples. Uh, off the top of my head, though, Stefan Diggs, fifth-round pick. Yeah. Right. So for the Vikings, if they took a receiver every single year, they were just like, we hope this guy's going to be great. He's got a great athletic profile, five-star into college, got hurt a lot. And they did it over and over and over and over and over and over again. If once every six years they hit digs, good. The rest can fail. Because the one yeah. time you hit on digs, you're you're really um you're really going to hit it. If the chat can think of any other examples of that, of like really high upside later in the draft, the plays that teams have hit on. Everybody's gonna to want to bring up Tom Brady, but he wasn't a, a high upside play. They weren't like, oh wow, this guy could be fantastic. He was he they got very lucky that um uh, 99. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's un, that's unreal, man. That, it I, is. It's just, wow. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, too, but that's sort of dumb luck. Like, you just sort of just drill. Yeah, it's like you're digging, and then you just get this nugget. You're like, oh, okay, we're in the right spot that we dug. Yeah, you know? but that does go to show, like, if you're able to get even decent players later, because you should swing for the fences late, but you might still end up with players who are just decent. And that still obviously creates a lot of value for, for your team. So like uh, the Washington uh, commanders in 2012 took RG three second overall and Kirk cousins with the first pick of the fourth round. And at the time they did that, I was like, the cousins pick doesn't make any sense because if RG three works out, you don't need cousins. Correct. Or the RG3 pick doesn't make any sense. You should have traded down, gotten more assets, and taken Cousins anyway. Yeah. Right? Because even if, let's say even if RG3 was a Hall of Fame quarterback, Cousins was still a hit because he was the first pick of the fourth round. If you get yeah. Cousins there, that's a good pick. So it's all sort of relative like that. And I think that we have a tendency to just be like, oh, that player is not great. He's not very good. He was a bust and then start judging teams based on that. When each pick is kind of a lottery ticket and the higher up the board you pick, the more likely that that lottery ticket should be to hit. Okay. So how, um, how, how like fervently have you watched the draft over the years? Like when you were a kid, were you all about it? Did you get into it when you were older or anything like that? Yeah, <clears throat> I would say probably last 10 years. Um, pre previous to that, wasn't really into the draft. Um, but when we started getting players like, you know, we got Revis and, you know, stuff like that, I, I, you know, cause those, those are impact players. But then I, then I started seeing the trend of the, just picking up guys. And I'm like, why did you draft this guy? <laughs> I don't, cause I'm, as you know, I'm not a fan of, um, the one year quarterback in college. I think at least two years in a program. For me, mm -hmm. this is my personal, my mm -hmm. personal feeling on, on this. You don't have to stay four years. I mean, for what? You know, you can get big money, go get it. But um, you know, when guys like Mitch and and Danny Dimes just they they put up a, what is it, twelve, thirteen game mm -hmm. <laughs> sample, and they garner that kind of money, and then you yep. find out, okay, now the Giants are stuck with him in year three. This is year three now, right? Year three, uh, four. 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 four, four, yeah, stuck in year four, and this might be his prove it or lose it year. Like we're, you know, we're out because they could have got him late. We all know that they could have, they could have got him in the second round. Yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. they could have got him in the second round. They literally could have got him in the well, second round. Well, don't forget they were also picking at like seventeen, 
So they could have gotten him then for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which which I would have probably did. I would probably yeah. did that. Yeah, and we're, I'm going to bring this up uh, later as we go through. Actually, no, I'm bringing it up right now. Perfect. Great segue. Good job. It's almost like we planned that. We didn't <laughs> plan that. Um, next draft principle. Franchise quarterbacks are priceless. If you think a quarterback prospect is going to be a Hall of Fame, All-Pro, Super Bowl champion caliber player, there is no price too steep to pay to get them. None. Four first-round picks. Three first round picks, three second round picks, uh starting defensive back who's you know like an 83 on Madden. Like it doesn't matter. If you think you are going to get Aaron Rodgers, go and get him. The thing is, but, if you're wrong, you're getting fired. They don't turn into that until like Aaron Rodgers, we didn't know was gonna turn to Aaron Rodgers out of college, right? Because he sat he sat so long behind Favre. We like we hope this kid, you know, he's soaking up something. And he, and he's gonna be good. I mean, they, Green Bay struck struck lightning with that. That they literally went from a gunslinger, fifty <laughs> fifty guy to like somebody that was that like we, you know, Tom is the greatest, obviously, whatever. But I think position, how to how to play it. Aaron Rodgers is how do you, how you play quarterback in the NFL. Correct. And so I'm not saying that like it needs to be drafted the same way as Rodgers. I'm saying if you're thinking like. 15 years from now, I think this player is going to be regarded like Aaron Rodgers, multiple MVPs, Super Bowl, that sort of thing. Then you just spend what it takes to get them. You don't, well, okay, you don't mess so, around with it. So with that being said, then we look at teams like the Browns who've had, mm-hmm. huh, well, Browns, as far as quarterbacks, mm-hmm. we're, talk, we're just talking quarterbacks here. They've had so many names go through that building mm-hmm. up until they got Baker. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And how many of those quarterbacks that they drafted did they trade up for? I can't remember. None, right? Tim Couch, they just took at their pick. Baker, they just took at their pick. They never went and got somebody that they really believed in. Oh, right? So you're saying the guys versus guys falling to them. Like, oh, right. this guy's going to end up going here. If right. He's what I'm, win, right. What, what I'm saying is that at some point, the Browns were probably like – um Oh, uh, let's, let's pick somebody here. Maybe, I mean, not like they would have ever given up Andrew Luck, but let's say Andrew Luck was that that the Colts would have traded the first overall pick. Maybe, and the Browns might have been like, you know what? Andrew Luck's going to be really good. We think he's going to be a Hall of Fame level player. We need to go get him. But they never did, right? They never traded up for a quarterback, right? So they keep having to take the guys that are kind of there for them. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. What I'm saying is if you identi- if you need a franchise quarterback and you identify a guy who you think is a franchise quarterback, Go get him immediately. Like, just go get him. See, well, I understand that, but here, here's where I have a have a kind of issue with that. So, if you're a piece or two away, that works. But if you if you're not if you have no no clear number one or number two receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Running game, we already know that's dime a dozen interchangeable guys. So this this quarterback is going to come in to be the savior. Mm-hmm. To a team that doesn't have anyone, so this quarterback—if you have no one—you're gonna spend two, maybe three years in development. Like, look at um, Trevor Lawrence, right? Not saying that he came into a situation where there was like no, no one there, but he should have been set up for success from the gate. But Jacksonville also did not trade up for Trevor Lawrence; they took him where he was at. Yeah, who traded? Who traded up for a quarterback last year? What team? What there were two teams. Two teams moved up to the quarterbacks. Lawrence went. At one to the team at one. Wilson mm-hmm. went two to the Jets at two. Who picked third last year? 
Yeah, we picked third. We picked Zach, right? No, you picked second. The sorry, 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance. To Trey Lance, yes. Right. And then the Bears traded up from 20 to 11 to get Justin Fields. Yeah. In 2017, the Bears traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. And then the Chiefs traded up to get Patrick Mahomes. One of those was correct <laughs> and worth it. The other was not. However, my argument is that the Bears did not do the wrong thing. They just took the wrong player, right? <laughs> they identified that we need to move up to number two and take the greatest young quarterback that the, the league's ever seen, Mitch Trubisky. It's Whoops. <laughs> it needed to be Patrick Mahomes. But they did they did the right thing getting, getting up to it. Yeah, it's almost criminal. Like when you told me that Deshaun was still on, on the clock – and so yeah, it's Deshaun Pat Mahomes. Watson, Mahomes. Fucking kidding me. Mitch. Go Mitch. Hey. Right. But the Bears did the right thing, right? By by they identified who they thought their guy was and they went to get him. If they identified Mahomes instead correctly, but that's why if you misidentify the player, the quarterback in this case, you're gonna get fired. But it's what you need to do. If you love a guy, you think that's your guy. Go get your guy at quarterback. Don't just sit back and try to go or trade for trade for Jimmy G what up Holly trade for Jimmy G or anything anything like that like just so just go get them so all right since you're saying that so with the Giants when the Giants got um Danny Dimes like this was their guy well yeah. Gettleman's guy yes and they did not need to trade up to get him he uh <laughs> because you don't trade up into the third round which is where they could have gotten him so oh, he's dropped to the third now. Like, I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like he, he they could have gotten him later. They didn't oh, yeah, trade up for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know we're fucking around, but yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. So yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And so is it, is it, as it pertains to um this season, uh, to this draft, there's only one quarterback that I think that teams should be willing to trade up for like that. But what I'm saying is if a team identifies him as their guy, and when we get to him, I'll discuss the team I think has. They just need to do it. You just need to go. You need to go. need to go get him. Oh, oh, okay. So Holly has joined us, and apparently she's a Packer fan. Hey. All right. Well, fantastic. I cannot wait till you guys have a terrible quarterback, and you deserve it. Um, they, they got one on their, on their team already. That's, well, they've always <laughs> had a few. They had Brent Humley, and you know, they've always had some bad quarterbacks on the team. Uh, but now they need one that can actually be stuck with one for a while. I mean, it's literally been since I was in third grade since the Packers didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is bullshit. So I so Holly, I meant that in the in the in the in the kindest way that I love Aaron Rodgers as a player, but as a person, I don't know. Just Oh no! No, he, no, he's he's. I mean, he's obviously a toolbox. I mean, there's there's no, there's there's no there's no getting uh getting around that. Embo in. He's a San Francisco fan. He says he hopes Trey Lance was worth the trade up. You know what? We can just connect this to the Debo conversation we were already having. I don't understand using all that capital to trade up and then not playing Trey Lance last year when your team is good. They're still not committing to him this year. Now they might end up losing Debo. It's clear that Kyle Shanahan is an absolute genius at designing an offense, but he could be Ulysses S. Grant. He might actually be ass at everything else, but he might only be good at designing hey. offenses and terrible at the rest of it. To defend Ulysses again, he drank, bro. He drank. <laughs> Are you saying Shanahan drinks? 
Uh, no, neither I nor political football nor Matty Ice Media are alleging that Kyle Shanahan has a substance abuse problem. Uh, he does have a problem trading up for running backs and then cutting them. Trey Sermon, not cut, but he will be. Uh, Joe Williams, there was some other guy. You know, he's just not very good at utilizing his draft capital. He did the right thing going up to get Trey Lance. I'm just not sure that they're going to utilize him um, uh, correctly. Embo saying that if, that if the 49ers lose Debo, it's game over for them. I'm not entirely sure that's true. Mainly because the use of Debo took away usage from George Kittle. Debo is not the best offensive player on that team. George Kittle is. Um, now, Debo's the most dynamic, but George Kittle's the best pure football player on that on that offense. So you can go out, get on the receiver. You know, you lose Debo, you bring in Wolf Fuller, and you draft some guy in the third round. You got Brandon Ayuk already, and then you feature Kittle in the passing game instead with a strong running game too. I... It, You'll be fine. The 49ers will be able to score points. I mean, they made it to the conference title game or the, yeah, the conference title game with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback and the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. They're going to be fine. <laughs> They'll also probably get decent value for Debo. They might not get a first round pick for him, but they should get a couple useful picks that they can, that they can use. So I'm not giving up on the 49ers for this, but they keep finding themselves in these awkward positions kind of betrays the reputation Kyle Shanahan has as being a genius. And don't get me wrong, as Lions and Jets fans, like we would we would, you know, punch each other to get Kyle Shannon coaching our teams. True. Um but he he may he may not be as sharp as um as we think. One last overarching draft principle, uh to recap for people just joining us, running backs are worthless, don't draft them in the first round. Second round picks are just as important as first round picks. Third round picks are important for offensive line, defensive line, defensive back. Fourth round through seventh round should be used to try to hit home runs. Franchise quarterbacks are priceless. Trade up for them if you identify a guy. And finally, the best teams keep drafting consistently well. The poor teams keep drafting consistently poorly. Right? You just look. The Ravens have like one bad draft in eight. The Jets have like one good draft in eight. Right? I mean, that's that's really what it is. You don't need to hit on every single pick. You don't need to keep pulling in all kinds of Hall of Fame players. You just can't keep bombing draft after draft after draft like the Raiders have. The Raiders, who are actually pretty decent, are decent without having really drilled their, their draft picks, right? Um, Cleveland Farrell doesn't do anything. Jonathan Abram doesn't do anything. Henry Ruggs is a, is a tragedy, but he's clearly not going to be doing anything. Damon Arnett's been cut. Josh Jacobs is a running back that they took in the first round. They could have gotten, I don't know, Joe Schmo from Target, right? And they're still good. Imagine if they'd actually hit on all those picks. They'd be the Chiefs. Way to go, Don. <laughs> um, yeah, Don Don has been following the draft for longer than is healthy for any Lions fan. And the Lions, the Lions are very bell like the the ends of the bell curve in the draft. They're either drafting Hall of Famers or they're drafting Terry Fair. There's no there is no in between. It is Barry Sanders or it is Luther Ellis. There is not <laughs> there there's nothing in between that. Right? Matt Stafford is fantastic and Dominic Sue is great. Calvin Johnson is great and then there's Eric Ebron. Right? Like there's no there's no in between. What do you um, have against that kid? I have nothing against Eric Ebron. I didn't even dislike him as a prospect. 
but good teams don't take tight ends in the top eight because good teams are in the top 10. He's the 10th overall pick because good teams typically don't draft in the top 10. And if they do, they're not going to waste the pick on a tight end, especially when all the best tight ends tend to get drafted later. Anyways, nobody knows really how to evaluate tight end prospects besides the obvious ones like Kyle Pitts, who's going to be good. Um, So my issue with Eric Ebron is that the Lions said they wanted a downfield threat to relieve pressure off of Calvin Johnson, and then they took Eric Ebron over Odell Beckham. (laughs) Sorry, that was knee-jerk. My bad. Not only that, the seventh overall pick that year was Mike Evans. So, like, if you want the downfield threat, (laughs) trade up and take Mike Evans. Yeah, that would have worked out better. (laughs) Yeah. The 12th overall pick was Aaron Donald. So, you know, like you don't, you don't take a tight end in the top 10 because the best tight end of all time is probably Gronk, who was a second round pick. And we're talking like pass catching ability, blocking ability, all that. Gronk is, he's certainly up there, right? The best defensive lineman, best defensive back, best wide receiver ever is worth more than Gronk, right? Mm. The best wide receiver in the game is better than the better tight end, best tight end in the game. The best defensive lineman is better than the best tight end. So if you're drafting where you can like take those real good lottery tickets, you don't use them on tight end or safety or any of these other like low-value positions. You use them on pass rushers, defensive backs, and pass catchers and quarterbacks. So I don't have anything against Eric Ebron. Um, no, you should always mention him. <laughs> It's just, well, it's just such a, it's such a bad pick, and he's not the worst Lions draft pick ever. The worst draft pick ever, as uh, uh, Don will will know, was um, James Jones in 1983 when they passed on Dan Marino. It took a fullback <laughs> uh, and tried to justify it afterwards. So, um, criminal. Cleve, I will give you ten American dollars right now if you can name who the Lions quarterback was in 1983, the whole early 80s. He was there for a few years. I was like eight years old. There's no fucking way I. I would know that. He was still there in 84 when you were picking teams and picked the Jets for some reason. <laughs> I went to a Jets game with, with some family friends and got enamored with the the whole thing. So I thought <laughs> I became a Jets fan. <laughs> no, this yeah. is a true story. A oh, true no, story. no. I, uh, I, I, I just looked out. I, I went to – well, I didn't look out for the for the Lions, obviously, but I looked out for Michigan. I was like, oh, mm. yeah, this this is fun, and they turned to be good. So <laughs> Jason is right. It's Eric Hipple. Um, I never even fucking heard of that name. Well, th- yeah. So as, as, as yeah, Paul's right. It's Eric Hipple. So, um, yes. So we decided not to take Dan Marino because we had Eric Hipple, uh, was the justification of the coach at the time whose name slips my mind, but who cares? Some asshole doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the, um, the last thing I wanted to say about this is that two good drafts, two good drafts could completely flip franchises now. Because the good positions are worth so much more. Recently, we've had the Browns, and it's not yeah. because of Baker. It's because of Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. Yep. Bam, bam. I good. Agree. You're agree. in. And of course, the Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Super Bowl. Just, just like that, right? If you teammates, just I mean, two. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. We got uh the Lions coach at the time was named Monty Clark, who I thought hosted game shows in the seventies. Oh I don't God. know. I'm I'm not a boomer. I wasn't around then. Um. Oh, and the Seahawks, Russ and Bobby Wagner, and then like Richard Sherman, and you know they had like two good yeah. drafts where they yeah. added all these people, and then and then they were off and running. So 
even teams that suck can be good within two years with two good drafts. Not the Lions and Jets, obviously. We're not allowed. But some other teams. Like, if your team's bad right now, like the Giants, the Giants are terrible. They have a terrible roster. They could be good in two years. So, um, the Herschel Walker trade for draft picks uh, led to three dynasty, uh, led to a dynasty, right? For the Cowboys? Yes. And most of those drafts, most of those draft picks were, I'm assuming, first, second, and third rounders. I think so, but they got some later ones. And I don't know where there's like 12 rounds in 1989. Yeah, it was something like that. It was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they, but yeah, they used them on like all sorts of great players to build up the team. It's the same sort of thing, right? Because Troy Aikman's first year, the Cowboys were one in 15. Yeah. But they, they got- used those Herschel Walker picks to, to really build up. So they got like three good drafts and two from that, from that trade and use it to launch their Super Bowl. But the Giants pick five and seven this year. Um, they get a couple good picks there. They hit the right quarterback next year. And like three years from now, the Giants could be 13 and four easily, easily, which is like two good, two good drafts, right? So no team is really out of it now because of the draft. That's why it's so important uh, and so important to know some of these prospects. So I want to go over some of the top prospects. Like I said, offensive skill position. There are some good offensive line linemen going to go in the top 10. I don't have strong takes about which ones should go first, how they fit offenses and how they fit schemes, because I don't know. There's some good defensive players. I know a little bit more about that. Adrian Hutchinson from Michigan should be the first overall pick. If he's not, he should be the second overall pick. I'm confident in that. But it's the offensive skill position players I know best because I have to study them for fantasy. So what position do you want to start with? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end? Let's go quarterback. Quarterback. All right. Can you name any of the top quarterback prospects this year? Nope. It's not okay. A, it's, it's not a quarterback draft this year. It is not. That is that is very true. It will be it will be better next year. But the guy at the very top, I think, is a great prospect. His name is Malik Willis. He is from Liberty, which is a red flag, to be honest. Um Liberty is like if Carson Wentz was a university. Um just <laughs> Actually, that's unfair to Carson Wentz. I actually don't know that. I don't know that Carson Wentz is hateful. I suspect, but I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, transfer from Auburn. So another red flag. He couldn't beat out Bo Nix at Auburn. And Cleve, obviously, you know all about Bo Nix. He went on to have a great career, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know all about him, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Bo Nix sucks. So, um, but he goes to Liberty, puts up great numbers. 6 4. 223. What is his 40? 64, 223. Oh, uh, four, 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 three, eight, four, three, eight. Same as Michael close, Vick. Close enough. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so his running style is unique. He's not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he's much sturdier and he's, much more sturdy than Jalen Hurts and also faster, right? So he's like a Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, like bigger than Hurts, but slower than Lamar, put them together sort of thing. And then his arm is like throw the ball over them, their mountains, just a cannon for an arm, has to develop as a passer. But we're talking like his ceiling is Josh Allen with run away from defensive back speed. Like that's the ceiling that we're talking about here. If he can reach. 
So, and apparently like all the NFL guys say, you know, good character, you know, good in the interviews, whatever, mm -hmm. which is important because quarterback is able to take charge of the team. So I kind of want the Lions to take this kid at number two, to be honest. What do you think about the Lions taking a quarterback at two this year? I mean, I, I mean, we've seen the golf show, right? <laughs> I mean, we've seen the golf show. What's that hosted by Bonnie Clark? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you've uh, you, this isn't the first time you said anything about having you know getting him on on the team. I, I thought I saw something that he threw the ball, like just fucking around, like he was just chucking it like downfield. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I was. I thought it was like a looped up video, but then I realized that he was just like effortlessly throwing the ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, Don. So I guess you're not a golf guy. No, no. We we established that he uh <laughs> he dislikes he dislikes uh Jared Goff. If Jared Goff were running for president, it's Donald Trump. I don't know that Don would vote for Goff. I I think I think he might just have to. He might just send it out. Um. <laughs> so wait a minute. It was Jeff was Jeff Fisher right about golf? Yes, but that's not the reason Jeff. But Jared Goff is not the reason Jeff Fisher sucked. Well, no, no, it, it's not an indictment on Jeff Fisher. I mean, it's just that when golf got to the team, that was the year that they, yeah, that they because he was in the, in the Aaron Donald draft. They were yeah. they were all teammates, and then I think he was demoted to like the third stringer. Yeah, yeah, so. He knew something or saw something that we didn't know. But again, this is Jeff Fisher. I don't know what kind of talent evaluator we're talking about here. But um, yeah. Goff so, shouldn't have got that money. Well, I mean, you got to pay the guys Super you got to pay them. Yeah, no, Super Bowl currency gets you that, right? Yeah, that's true. That Goff actually got Super Bowl currency in the form of American <laughs> dollars. There's your Super Bowl <laughs> currency you're always, you're always going on about. Mm -hmm. So I do. I, I like Malik Willis. And to me, in this draft class, Malik Willis is in a class of his own. And while I like the Lions to take him at number two, they may not. The Panthers may not take him at six. The Seahawks may not take him at nine. There's a chance that he could fall to the Steelers at 20, who will absolutely take him. The Steelers are terrible about not telegraphing what they want to do in the draft. Uh, last, like, I predicted Najee Harris to the Steelers in like February last year. Like, mm. they just made it so clear what they were doing. Um, they will absolutely take him if he falls to them. So, like I was just talking about, if the Steelers really think Malik Willis is their guy, come and get him. Come get him. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to risk it, right? Yeah, nah. I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking at the comments. Um, <laughs> that was more hurtful than it should have been. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was I was gonna, I'm gonna pull this up here in a second. So before I introduce this player, Paul says Pickett is Pitt David Carr, and then he says that's more hurtful than it should have been. I actually meant Pitt Derek Carr, which is true. Derek Carr is way better than David Carr. Um, he just got sacked. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. Um. <laughs> Which which happens more often, Derek or David Carr getting sacked or Blair Thomas fumbling? Oh shit! I think they both simultaneously just did whatever they do. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer is Matt Schaub throwing a pick six. Um. <laughs> all right. So speaking of Matt Schaub, the next prospect is Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pitt. Now, Cleve, you might know Kenny Pickett. He's the dude that did the fake slide and then ran for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But you mentioned earlier something you don't like about quarterbacks. What did you say you didn't like about uh, Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones? The the sample size that we get. 
it's just, it's, you know, for guys to get picked that high, um, it's just, I don't know, just not a fan of it. So Kenny Pickett has started for Pitt for a, for a while, but he, he really exploded this last year. And it wasn't his third year. It wasn't his fourth year. He took a COVID year and a fifth year. Didn't redshirt. He played five years. Wow. Right? See, now that's a little bit too much. And he exploded in the fifth. It's not like he was – if he had put up the same numbers in three, four, and five, well, then Mm -hmm. who cares? Quarterbacks can play until they're 38. Yeah. But, like, oh, now you're 23 and you're beating up on the 18 and 19-year-olds? I mean, not as (laughs) impressed. Also, uh, I I believe it was Evan Silva from Establish the Run that pointed this out. I think so. Pitt's schedule this year because the ACC was uncharacteristically terrible. They played basically a group of five schedule in terms of the defenses that they played. Their average uh, defensive opponent was like ranked 85th. So he explodes against shit defenses. And people are going to laugh at me. He has really small hands. (laughs) And I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it because I don't want to get memed. But it does matter. It does matter. Of the 10 quarterbacks with the smallest hands in the league right now, they are all ass except for Joe Burrow. And of the 10 quarterbacks with the largest hands, like eight of them are pro bowlers. What, so what's the like what's the what's the correlation of this? You like, fumble too much and you don't have deep ball accuracy. So Danny Dimes' hands are what? Not big, <laughs> but bigger than Kenny Pickett's. Um right, yes. So with with quarterbacks with small hands, you're more likely to fumble when you get hit, which even if it's smaller on the margins, if that's three or four more um, fumbles per year, then that adds up, right? That's one more every four games. That's a big deal. But more importantly, it's accuracy on deep passes. Which quarterback has the largest hands in the league? It's not the biggest quarterback. No, I, I, was it, is it Russ? It is. Yeah. Russ has the biggest hands. Who has the most beautiful deep ball in the league? The most beautiful deep ball? Yeah, it's Russ, obviously. Those little floaters are up to, on the run, just beautiful yeah, on a rope yeah. to Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's, you know, 100%. It's, it's Russ, like, without question. When Russ gets sacked, how often does Russ, like, get strip sacked and run back for a touchdown? See, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I think in, in uh, LT's time, he has to have, like, the strip sack record. Um and I wonder how many guys were big-handed guys because everyone got strip-sacked. Yeah. They killed Kenny, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm killing his draft stock, at least. Although I don't think I can because Carolina picks at six. And there's a couple things to know about Matt Rule. Matt Rule used to coach at Temple before he went to Baylor. He recruited Kenny Pickett to Temple. Pickett was committed to Temple. Rule left to go to Baylor, so Pickett left to go to Pitt. So, like, they were already committed to each other. The second thing is that Matt Rule is awful at coaching in the NFL. He's pretty good in college. Awful at coaching in the NFL. Makes terrible decisions. He will absolutely take Kenny Pickett at six if it's up to him. GM doesn't want to. Ownership doesn't want to based on reporting. I think that they might end up doing this and taking him at six. If Willis is already off the board, they might end up taking Kenny Pickett at six. And we will be laughing so hard. (laughs) <laughs> if this happens, small ass hands. Not the making of a varsity athlete. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, 
he's not he he will not be terrible most likely but Derek Carr probably is his ceiling and you don't spend the sixth overall pick on Derek Carr yeah yeah that's all that's just not not what you want to do third quarterback on the list here we have Desmond Ritter Desmond Ritter is group of five Justin Fields went to Cincinnati led him to the playoff really productive uh six three a touch over 200, ran a 4-5, really good running the ball, getting lots of steam as the process goes on. I think for sure is going to be a first-round pick. If the Lions do not take Willis at number two and Ritter is there at 32, it's I, I would be shocked if they don't take if they don't take Ritter at 32. You know, plays at Cincinnati, not the greatest competition, but production is production. Um, and besides the, the Jets took uh Zach Wilson at BYU, which is a group of five school, that wasn't so bad, right? <laughs> yeah, T- too soon. Yeah, I assume I assume you don't have any strong Desmond Ritter takes. No, okay. Uh, the next guy is Matt Corral, he uh played for Lane Kiffin, so <laughs> good at the RPOs, got to be good at the RPOs, he could run. Uh, he's a little bit older, I think. I think he's a four-year prospect, uh, but was good for like two or three years, but hurt his knee in like some meaningless bowl game that he insisted on playing, and then he insisted on rushing. So the thing is, coaches love this guy. I'm never giving up on the team. I'm never going out of bounds. I'm never sliding, right? Like they're like, wow, football. He's going to get drafted pretty high because of that. And I think he's got some decent skill. I'm not like super high on him. I'm not super high on any of these guys besides Willis. But a couple of them have have a shot, and Corral has a shot to do something. He's he's better than Jordan Love. He's better than Jordan Love. So the fifth guy here, we have Sam Howell. Sam Howell has your opposite problem, Cleve. Which of these do you prefer? Mitch Trubisky, who went to North Carolina, just like Sam Howell, doesn't do shit until his last year and explodes. Or Sam Howell, who does great until he loses two receivers and two running backs in the NFL, and then his ass. Uh, let's, let's see. Yeah, they're both pretty bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Howell's tumbling down draft boards. He will get drafted. He will get a shot. He could be a 10 year NFL starter and he could be, you know, starting for the Michigan Panthers in three years. It, it gets, it's a wide range. It's a wide range for Sam Howell. Whoever takes him, though, as long as they don't spend too high of a pick on him, it's going to be a decent lottery picket. Then I've only got three other guys not super high on. Carson Strong is a strapping white boy with a strong arm. Bailey Zappi is a strapping white boy with a weak arm. Um, but he threw for like eight trillion yards at Western Kentucky, so he's going to get drafted. And then Jack Cohn, Notre Dame fans and Wisconsin fans, uh, Jack Cohn is basically Chase Daniel. He's not bad at anything. He's not good at anything. He's going to he's going to be a good backup for ten years. He's going to get the bag. Over and over and over for 15 years and then go immediately into coaching. Chase is the man. Yeah. Yeah. We have a new Chase Daniel coming in. So <laughs> those uh those are the quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Generally not um not a great quarterback class, is it? Nope. Did I sound super enthused about it? Nope. That's why I said to get get it off the get it <laughs> off quickly. I didn't want to end with that. Right. All right. <laughs> Running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends. Uh, let's go wide receivers. Wide receivers. God's position. The <laughs> best position. Wide receiver. All right. So 
Uh, truth be told, I ran out of time trying to make notes here. So I'm, I'm going to have to wing it for a few of these guys towards the end of the list. <laughs> um, but I did rank these guys in order that I like them. Wide receiver, very good this year. The top two receivers last year, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle, would still be the top two this year. But this year is deeper. And last year had some good later guys. Elijah Moore was pretty good. Kadarius Tony actually did okay. Don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> um, he actually did all right. So last year was pretty deep as well. This year even deeper. So my number one wide receiver is Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Three-year player. Came in as a freshman. Great right away. I'm so, gr- so glad this guy's leaving Ohio State. I'm so sick of this dude. <laughs> Honestly. Even in the game Michigan won this year, Garrett Wilson had an amazing touchdown catch. Um, so I am uh, very excited uh, to be, have him be gone. 5'10", 190, runs a 4'38". It's not the greatest size, but his production has been off the charts at Ohio State. He was the leading receiver this year. There's another receiver from Ohio State going to the first round this year we'll get to. And I think the number one receiver next year also is at Ohio State right now. And this guy still dominated. So um, his ceiling is basically Odell Beckham without all the bullshit. How would you like that on the Jets? Oh, I would love that. Because there's strong talk about him at four. I would love that. There's a lot of talk about wide receiver at four for the Jets at all. And it's going to be one. If they do it, it's going to be one of these first three. So, okay. yeah, get ready. This could be. This could easily be a, be a Jet. Um but college football people in the chat, if you got opinions on these wide receivers or think the order they're out of order, let me know. Because unlike quarterback, I think this is a lot more up for debate. But I do got Garrett Wilson number one. Number two, Jamison Williams out of Alabama, who I have a decent bet on going in the top five. I think this is the guy the Jets are going to take at number four, ultimately. So Jamison Williams produces at Ohio State two years ago and then transfers to Alabama for like, oh, nobody can figure out why. Like he was getting playing time, he was getting targets, transfers to Alabama and then just takes over at Alabama in his one year there, just dominates everything, right? They don't even miss a beat. Like Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, doesn't matter. Here comes Jamison Williams, dominates in the SEC, tore his ACL in the national championship game mm-hmm. or else he's 100% the first receiver off the board. Am I number one? So, I I mean, I think this guy's not – I mean, he hasn't run a 40 yet in any sort of trainings, any sort of combine because of the ACL. Yeah. 6'2", 200 pounds, I would not be shocked if he ran under 4'3", 5". I think he might be faster than Calvin Johnson at 6'2", 200. Uh, So, the national championship game was in January. January 10th. Yeah, so he's what? A little over three months removed. Yeah, walking no problem though. Every, doctors clean up. They're like, yeah, he's it's clean. Surgery's good. He's healing. Like he's going to be fine. Okay. Um, young too, three year player. I don't think he may not even be um uh twenty twenty one yet. So thanks, man. All right, thanks, Embo, man. We'll we'll see you around. Um. So, yeah, Paul says he thinks Williams is better than the OSU guy, which both um, in the long run, but the injury sucks. I mean, that's true, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think Jameson Williams could end up going in the top five. I got money on it, so I hope I hope that he does. And if he does, it's going to be to the Jets. 
the third guy on my list is the guy most often linked to the Jets, and that's Drake London. Drake London would have been a surefire top five pick at wide receiver a few years ago. Six foot five, 225 pounds, four, five, five, 40 boundary dominant wide receiver. You're your classic big wide receiver. The league's moving away from that, but Drake London is also good in the screen game. He's got some wiggle at six five. He's not Mike Evans. Like he can move a little mm. bit. So mm-hmm. and lots of good production. Now he broke his ankle in like the eighth eighth week last year and then sat out the rest of the season. So his junior year numbers are a bit skewed, but as a freshman, he put up really good production on a team with Michael Pittman Jr. and Amon Ross St. Brown, both of whom are good NFL wide receivers of mm. some degree. So I think Drake London is also a good wide receiver prospect. I think he's behind Wilson and Williams, but they're all good. And I really think one of these guys is going to the Jets at number four. So, Cleve, which of these would you prefer? The safer Ohio State guy with an Odell Beckham ceiling? The number one without a doubt prospect, except he tore his ACL in January? Or the six-foot-five classic big guy who can catch screen passes? Which one would you prefer for the Jets? Number three. Really? Yeah. Because... Uh, Zachy's arm is not like he's not he's not stretching the field, and if what? this guy if this guy's a screen guy, Zach, don't get me started about Zach Wilson, bro. Don't get me started. Oh, Zach Wilson can throw the ball a mile. He just can't hit anything. What? What? See, what that led to my point earlier. Like you can throw the ball downfield all you want, but you got to be accurate, right? Yeah, well, having the six foot five uh, boundary guy helps with that too. Right. Yeah. I'll be, yeah. Mike Evans really helped James Winston, you know? <laughs> so 50, um, 50 guy. Yeah. So, okay. So you prefer Drake London out of those, out of those three at, you know, if they take up four overall, if they don't take one at four, I think they're almost assuredly taking one at 10. I think one of these three players is going to be a jet. Okay. Uh, in, in the draft. That's, that's where I'm at. Uh, um, yeah, the Paul makes a good point about James Williams. That there are so many rumors about him going in the top five that that really means that like he's been cleared. Like the health thing is not a long term issue in the eyes of the experts, you know, the teams and their doctors and whatever. So that's good. Mm-hmm. The fourth wide receiver is the other Ohio State guy. This is Chris Olave, and I'm higher on Chris Olave than a lot of other people. For one, it's because of the nightmares from Ohio State. <laughs> um, you know, in my head. He came back to school for a fourth year for no reason. Like, there is a huge gap in in production in the NFL between three- and four-year players. Four-year players are almost never that good, and three-year players are a lot better. So I don't know why he went back for a fourth year. He didn't need to, but he did. The thing is, he's he is, like, the most pro-ready wide receiver. Smart, runs all the routes, step in right away and start. The Packers are going to get this guy and just ruin my life for another 10 years. I know it. <laughs> he's going to step right in for the, um, uh, for the uh, Packers and for Aaron Rodgers and for Devonte Adams. And it's going to drive me, going to drive me crazy. But the one thing I, the reason I'm higher on him is that when we're analyzing these players, we have a tendency towards a particular bias. So Cleve, let me ask you a question. Two players on a college football team, uh, one player is a year older. The younger player puts up better numbers. The older player, perfectly good, good height, weight, athleticism, good numbers in college. But the younger player 
is better across the board. How excited are you for the older player? Not, not, not really. Right. Right. But is that really fair to the older player? Because when they go to the NFL, like, does it matter that they had a player on the team that was younger? It really doesn't, does it? Nope. So we all, as like people who do, who like look at these prospects and the NFL screwed this up two years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Cause Justin Jefferson was a year older than Jamar chase and he wasn't as athletic. It was a good in numbers. And so people were like, yeah, he's good. And he's probably pretty safe, but you know, chase is obviously better. So we're going to take Jalen Rager and Henry Ruggs, and all these other players over Justin Jefferson, and whoops, turns out Justin Jefferson's actually amazing, <laughs> right? He's They're like the two best young wide receivers. They were the two best at LSU. They're the two best now, right? And it's all just like we had that bias. Same thing here. Olave has Garrett Wilson a year behind him. Wilson is a better athlete, uh, better size, better production. How excited can we build Chris Olave when Garrett Wilson is right there? I'm not making the same mistake. I think Chris Olave can be very good. That's why I have him fourth. What do you think? I have no, I have no argument there. Yeah, I just think that that's a bias we really need to, really need to watch out for. The next guy is the guy I want to, the Lions to take at thirty-two over anybody else, and you'll hear why. Traylon Burks, 6'3", 225, 45540, uh, short intermediate type player with, but gets going faster as he gets moving. Think AJ Brown, right? Like, as he gets going, becomes a real problem. Mm-hmm. He's from Arkansas. He had 41% of their receiving yards last year. 41%, right, in the SEC. This guy hunts wild boars in Arkansas with his dogs and a knife, and that's it. <laughs> wow. Put him on my team. Put him on my team. That's it. That's all I need. 6'3", 225, 455, hunts boars with a knife. Done. Wow. That's that's a that's a nice resume there. Yeah, because you know we had that um the, that thirty to fifty wild feral hogs meme. I don't know if you're familiar. A little a little bit ago, guy like I can't get rid of my automatic weapons. I need to shoot these thirty to fifty hogs coming to my yard in Arkansas. Well, apparently Traylon Burks just takes a knife and some dogs and goes <laughs> like, and, get, and goes and gets these uh, like goes I, and gets these boars. So he's like, I got it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So all jokes aside, like. NFL guys are not as high on Traylon Burks. And his 225, it's not an A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf 225. He's got some bad weight on him. He should probably be like 212. (laughs) Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, so, but he's incredibly shifty for his size. Like, his ceiling isn't really A.J. Brown. It's giant Debo. Mm. Right? That's that's who he is. Like, if if he really hits, he's just monster Debo Samuel, right? So that's why I like him. He's uh, Dave Boston. <laughs> yeah, uh, less steroids, um, fewer felonies. Did Dave Boston have a felony? I'm sure he does. I think he does. I don't know. We'll, we'll fact check that later. Allegedly, who, who knows? Um, uh, anyways, he got a, he got embarrassed in a fight against Charles Woodson. That's what we know about David Boston. Next wide receiver is a guy named Sky Moore. How do you think he spells Sky? Like ski. No, it's a good guess though. It's not. It's not S K I. It's also not S K Y. How do you think he spells it? How else can you spell Sky? S K Y Y. 
Okay. Adjust the ranks. That's worth another round of draft position, in my opinion. <laughs> like, because that, like, you have to. <laughs> there you go, Todd. Whoever, yeah, whoever, whoever named you is awesome to just throw the extra Y on. Right. Just like, yep, sky, other Y, done. Right. So somebody in his life is awesome. So he says sky with two Y's. The fuck, man. Yeah. Sky Moore. Perfect. <laughs> sky Moore with two Y's. Yep. Uh, three year player, Western Michigan. Great route wonder. Been uh, jumping up throughout the, pro- the process here. Could go in the first round. Has been linked to Kansas City, which would be fantastic for them. Um, yeah. Sky Moore is a guy that I'm definitely. Definitely high on. I'm not really scared off from the group of five wide receiver prospects if they have good production and mm. if they get good first round draft capital. So if Sky Moore ends up being a first round pick, I no longer care that he went to Western. If he ends up being a second round pick, I'll think a little bit less just because he went to Western Michigan, but not a ton. If he falls to the third round, which I don't think there's a chance of that happening then it'd be a real it'd be a real problem. But I think that Sky Moore could be a guy like as we're doing the, the live draft show next Thursday, and we're like, Sky Moore just went 18th to the Saints. <laughs> like, I'll even be shocked, but like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be that shocked. There better be a, a Larry Tunsil gas mask video for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie with two Y's. Um <laughs> No, that's why that's why he fell in the draft. He didn't have two Ys. If he had two Ys, the video wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, next guy. I actually don't like this guy quite as much, but you're going to hear his name a lot. And if he doesn't go in the first round, as like the draft coverage moves into the second round, it's going to be like, uh, Christian Watson is still on the board. There was talk he could go in the first round. This guy's athletic freak, blah, blah, blah. Like for sure, McShay and Kuiper will be talking about him in the intro to the second round on the second night. If he doesn't go in the first, Christian Watson on North Dakota State, 6'4, 208, 436, Generally speaking, that's enough for me to like to take a swing on somebody in the third round, <laughs> not the first. Mm-hmm. Like 6'4, 208, 436, you're Marquez Velde Scantling. Like you need more than that to be a first round pick. Marquez Velde Scantling is fine. He's actually good. But if somebody used a first round pick on MVS, we would be pissed, right? Mm. So. I need more from him. His production was not there in college. It did get better year after year, but his freshman year, he played with Trey Lance and was like the third leading receiver on the team. That's not what I want to see at North Dakota State from some guy who's this athletic. I don't care that you're 18. If you're 6'4", 208, or on a 4'36", and Trey Lance is your quarterback, you need to lead that team in receiving. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that. So I'm not as sold on him. Yes, he could end up being very good. He has a huge ceiling with that athletic profile. Or he could be Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling in the first round is a bust. In the fourth round is a huge hit. Mm. Three more. David Bell. David Bell's from Purdue. Played with Rondell Moore. 6'2", 200-some pounds. Legitimately ran like a 4'6", Which is slow. Slow. I... I could beat that when I was like 21. I was I could I could get down like four six ish, which is not good. You don't want to be able to receive in the NFL and be slower than me when I was like 21. But so was Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen ran like a four six five, right? But Keenan Allen is good because he can get open, and so can David Bell. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm higher than most people on David Bell because I think David Bell just gets open and will earn targets. And he's never going to, like, smoke the defense. Maybe it was Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has never scored a 70-yard touchdown. Right? I don't think so, yeah. Yeah, but he's good. So I like that. Uh, number nine, Jahan Dotson getting some first-round buzz out of Penn State. He's short. He's okay. Nothing really to it. Then Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, 6'3", 200, 4'3", Same thing as Christian Watson, right? Just blazing speed and see – See what you got. See what you got there. So good depth at the wide receiver position. Not the same high-end guys as last year. But like six of these dudes are going on Thursday night. So Mm -hmm. these are people we're going to be talking about a lot on Thursday. Where they fit. Dallas needs a wide receiver. Buffalo needs a wide receiver. Green Bay needs a wide receiver. Kansas City needs a wide receiver. Those are all good offenses that need one. The Jets are going to take one probably. Uh, The Falcons could take one. The Commanders could take one. You know, there's going to be a lot of receivers flying off this board, so um, we're going to be we're going to be used to them. Running backs or tight ends? Uh running backs. Oh, you're going to end on tight ends. All right, I like it. Yeah. All right. Tell me who you think I'm describing here. It's not somebody from this year. It's a running back drafted early in the first round, relatively recently. Six foot one, two hundred and seventeen pounds. Runs a four three eight forty, productive all three years in college, catches passes in college, is a great pass protector in college. Um, who am I talking about? He went in the top five. When? Like 2016. 2016. 2016? Shit. Top five burning back, 2016. 61217, 43840. Incredible production in college all three years. Comes out a year early. Hits the home run plays, catches passes, really good at pass blocking. Hint, he's, he's not, a fullback now. He's a full. Uh, give it to me. It's Zeke. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's that's those are Zeke's measurables coming out of college, right? Yeah. The number one running back this year, Brees Hall. 6'1", 217, 438, great college production, catches passes, home run plays, great at pass blocking. <laughs> Should go in the second round. It is six years later. Wow. But we learned from Zeke because he's a fullback now. Yeah. And he, yeah. Hasn't, and he hasn't been Pollard. the best. He hasn't been the best player. Zeke has been this running back on his team for two years. <laughs> right? This he, played hurt. He, he played hurt last year. I'll give him that. He played hurt last year. Well, nobody's saying he's not tough. I'm just saying he sucks. No, he, I think he played because he didn't want Tony Pollard to get more good tape. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go out here with this with these three broken legs so I can uh uh try to try to get this uh try to keep my job. But that's sort of the point. Here we have Brees Hall, who is effectively the same prospect as Ezekiel Elliott, and he's shouldn't go in the first round, and actually might not. Like, we might not get a running back in the first round who's literally Zeke Elliott all over again. Wow. So, everybody's sort of coming around on this entire running back thing. However, I do like Brees Hall as a prospect. I like Zeke as a prospect, just not, as, just not a fourth overall. I think Brees Hall would be a great pick in the second round for the New York Jets. Mm. I, I, I got to look him up when we get off. I mean Zeke. It's Zeke as a rookie. There, boom, done. What do you think? Zeke in the well, second yeah. round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeke, Zeke before the money, before Cabo. 
Zeke before Cabo? Zeke before being 25 years old and being trash like most running backs. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like they turn 26 and they're mostly done. You know, like oh, this is how it goes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I'll take that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's a great fit uh, to help out Zach Wilson there would be Brees Hall in the early, in the early second round. He's the only like legitimately all around really good running back prospect. Running backs are terrible this year. Terrible. Mm-hmm. So second, we have Kenny Walker the third from Michigan State. Um small Nick Chubb. Great pure runner. Great pure runner. Has caught like four passes in his entire life. Um doesn't know what a blitz is, I'm pretty sure. Never seen him pick one up, but give him the ball, let him run, right? He'll again he's gonna be a second round pick. We'll see where he lands. But that's what we're talking about here. These are not good. It's not a good class. Um, number three, I have Rashad White, who's like 23 going on 24, 217 pounds. Great pass catching back. I mean, he could be Alvin Kamara. He could be total ass. This is what we're talking about in this class. Like we, there, there's like, there's nobody to know who's going to be good. There's no really good prospects. Number four, we have Isaiah Spiller. Would be number three. Great vision, good patience, good runner. He ran like an 8-8-40, though. <laughs> slow as fuck. Like, slow. Slow. And so, like, he's tumbling down draft boards. And so, like, can you be good at running back if you're slow? Do you want a slow running back on your team? No. I don't want a slow. What's the unless point? He's, unless he's King Henry in the uh, in the red zone. <laughs> he can be slow as he wants. Uh, Derek Henry runs like a... Four, four, no, no, six, no, no. Like, what I'm saying is that the only reason I would take a slow running back is if, if he only got to get like, oh like five yards. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Get five yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I need yeah, but the five. fact Yeah, but the fact that I think like Icky Woods today could still outrun this kid probably wow. means he's too slow. <laughs> so <Shit>. Icky Woods. <laughs> Woo, gonna get Icky some cold cuts out. today. Um, Jeez. Uh, number five, I have James Cook. Georgia got good playing time at Georgia with another good running back. Who actually forgot to put on this list. That's funny. Um, pass catching specialist could be Naheem Hines, could be Alvin Kamara. Who knows? Delvin Cook's brother. That's what he's got going for him. Delvin Cook's brother. He caught passes. He played at Georgia. Like this, is what I'm saying. The running backs is all lottery picks, which is why you just take two of them later in the draft and you hope you get it right. Right. You don't take Brees Hall in the first round. Hmm. Brian Robinson is literally just a guy, but he played at Alabama and he got a bunch of yards. So somebody's going to take him and give him carries. They played at Alabama. Uh, Tyler Allegier, I think actually I think it's Algier. I think it pronounced Algier. Running back at BYU, as you know, Cleve, players from BYU never suck like Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> this guy should be your guy. This could be your giving the ball on the five yard line, let him score touchdowns. Damian Pierce from Florida. Florida does not give the best player the, the ball. He had like four carries a game, but he had half of them went for touchdowns. They just wouldn't give him the ball for some reason. So bad production, but at Florida, just like Kadarius Tony. And I was like, hey, Kadarius Tony might suck, probably will suck because he didn't have any production. Well, it turns out Kadarius Tony doesn't suck. Damian Pierce might not suck either. Same thing. They don't give the good players the ball. And finally, Pierre Strong, small school. Trillion like South Dakota, South Dakota State, something like that. Trillion yards, crushed the combine, good pass catching back. James White with better athleticism. It's not a good running back class. 
do any of these guys sound particularly exciting to you? No. Yeah, it's um, it's not great, is it? Running back or quarterback? It's just not, not the most fire uh, draft in those positions, huh? Mm-hmm. But good at defense, good at defensive back. All right. Our last position before we get out of here. Which school do you think the top tight end prospect attended? I'll give you a hint. It's a team I root for, and it's not Michigan. It's a team you root for. I root for them because I'm soon to be an alum of this school. Colorado State, go Rams. Trey yeah. McBride. <laughs> Trey McBride, 6'5", something, something, ran a 4'6", focus of the offense, which is good. At the good tight ends of college, focus of the offense, going to be a second-round pick. Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, they're all second-round picks. He's got a chance, right? I say he's got a chance. He's been linked to the Jets a lot, too, in the second round. So if the Jets are taking him, I think it's something to be excited about. Okay. Second tight end I have here is Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods ran a 4-5-40 flat at the combine. What do you think his height and weight is as a tight end? 4-5-40. Uh, 6-5. To uh, six, sorry, six, five, two, 40, 245. Ooh, yeah, former wide receiver, former quarterback, wide receiver, tight Damn. end. You know, he didn't have a ton of production, but you can clearly see the like Jimmy Grahamness here, right? Yeah, like, yeah, six, seven, two, fifty, four, five, forty. Honestly, just give me this kid and we'll see. We'll. We'll see what happens. I mean, you're that big, that fast playing tight end. We'll we'll see what happens. Because that is Jimmy Graham, right? Yeah, that is Jimmy. How about Gates? Is that Gates? Gates is shorter than that. Gates yeah, yeah, Gates is sh- yeah, yeah, Gates is shorter. Yeah. And then the last one here, Greg Dulcich. He's a big wide receiver. Basically Mike Gesicki. Still exciting, though. If he goes in the second round, if, either of these, if any of these players go in the second round, instant excitement. Because great tight ends go in the second round all the time. <laughs> so if these players are going to the second round, we should be very excited about them, especially if they end up with good quarterbacks, good positions, anything like that. So those that's the rundown of the offensive skill position players we'll be looking for in the draft coming up. Lots of good offensive linemen, a lot of good defensive players. We'll talk about them more as the draft is happening next week. But for fantasy purposes, it's the offensive players that matter. And unfortunately, Malik Willis, Brees Hall, and that's about it for those positions. Wide receiver though, gonna be awesome. Yeah, can't wait to see what what uh, what materializes. What what position the Jets pick fourth and tenth? Which position would be the mo- would you be the most upset if they didn't pick it? If they didn't pick it, well, right. if they if they didn't pick with fourth and tenth, they didn't take a tight end or a linebacker. Like which would be most well, upset that they didn't take? It? I mean, I'm still I'm still mad about the Jamal Adams situation because. We traded our best guy, like, mm-hmm. like, and then we didn't get we didn't get anything really back for that. Oh, you got the tenth pick this well, year, yeah. But then again, but we didn't like that was a need, or that's that's a need still. Um, but obviously, I I don't know how I feel about the I don't know how I feel about quarterback, but it's not a quarterback uh, heavy class. So maybe Zach sticks around another year and see if he see if he can do it. Well, he's um, definitely sticking around. You don't get you yeah. don't you get just one year. He's gonna he's gonna get more time. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he's. Like, I just like I said, 
not a Zach guy, if 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 no one figured that out. And the reason being is because I saw three quarterbacks that vastly different skill sets execute an offense almost to the T with the same personnel. And I'm like, and, and like two your... of them are grandfathers. Yeah. I'm like, uh... fuck's your problem, bro. <laughs> and then the other one is a white mic. So yeah. When they, when they, they got an un, unfinished statue in front of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, I think the jets are likely to take wide receiver edge rusher and cornerback. Yes. But they can only take two of them, right? They can only take two of the three. So of those three, which one is the one that you think is the, like, the one that you were willing to give up, right? Corner, edge rusher, or wide receiver. Um, probably edge edge rusher. Mm. Yeah, probably edge rusher. Because we need we need we need we need offense, man. We need we need to, you know, like you said, you're saying Zach has a big arm, but let's see because there were flashes. Uh, what's your guy that you love on on the Jets? The the, the wide receiver, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Like yeah. he, he had a he had a breakout game, right? Yeah, he had a few, and then he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, he had a, yeah. He, he's good. He's good. Yeah. So if you can pair another guy with him, mm-hmm. uh, that's an upside there, obviously. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, the one I would have to sacrifice would be edge rusher. Okay. Yeah, I'd actually sacrifice wide receiver there and just really? try to try to target one because it's so deep. Try to target one at the top of the second round. Oh, um, okay. I see what you're saying, but but like I don't think any of those could be wrong. Like I think there's just such a huge need, and they're so lucky to have two top ten picks this year because at ten there should still be a good corner, good edge rusher, or good wide receiver still on the board. And of course at four they can get, you know, not their first edge rusher because as Hutchinson he'll be gone, but they can get probably their top corner or their top receiver at number four. So honestly, I think you guys are set up this year. I think a lot of the teams that are ass are actually set up this year to do really well, except Jacksonville. I don't think Hutchinson is what they need to make them great. Right. I think he's a great player, but he's not going to like come in and wreck shop like Chase Young or JJ Watt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the giants, they pick five and seven. I think they got a good chance to turn to start turning around. Houston picks three and 13 and mm-hmm. Davis Mills is not terrible. He could actually be good. But yeah. There's a chance. So they might have quarterback set. Maybe he's going to another year to look. I'd rather, I'd rather have Davis Mills right now than Zach Wilson. Yeah. Okay. Does it, does he come with the neck? Uh, obviously it's where his powers come from. <laughs> like Samson's hair. <laughs> Logan Thomas was a lion. Yeah, that's right. So Jason says that former QBs that ended up playing tight end usually end up having decent careers. Um, if schemed for, I mean, I think that's true. Uh, there's a lot of this happens in college a lot. So like Zach Gentry on the Steelers, he was a quarterback at Michigan, switched to tight end, and now he plays plays for the Steelers. Yeah, there's just a lot of good athleticism there. And tight end is a position that's hard to play because you have to be good at two positions. Quarterbacks are generally pretty smart, therefore they're able to pick up the two the two different positions. All right, Cleve, we're gonna get we're gonna get out of here. Uh, any any final words uh, before uh, before uh, we get before we go? Not um, obviously we appreciate you guys for um, giving us this time to talk football, uh, especially in the off season. So um, I know uh, some of you guys are in a different time zone, but nonetheless, uh, you still stuck around with us, and it's always appreciated. Um, yeah, I'm excited uh, to kind of just 
I miss football. Um, I actually didn't watch any of the. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was football? it was it was awesome, but not not not, not like good awesome, <laughs> like just like it was like oh here's football. Did you like? Did you make it through games, or you I, just? Oh, kinda... I, watched, I watched. I watched all four of them. Yeah, I, I had entries. I had money. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, it's football. I, I mean, did, did did you do okay? Uh, no. Uh, got absolutely hammered. <laughs> I had the right ideas, but the wrong players, which is to be expected because nobody knew like who yeah, really who's going to play yet. That's why right? I wanted to sit out the first, at least the first week. I went to sit out before I, you know, talk to you offline and says, yeah. "Hey, what looks good here?" Uh, a couple things about the USFL. I thought the Tampa Bay Bandits would be the best team because they had the best quarterback, Jordan Tayamu, and the best coach in Todd Haley. They're the best team. That was they pretty are? clear. Yeah, they are. Uh, that yeah. was pretty clear. The Pittsburgh Maulers might be the worst football team I've ever seen at the level they're supposed to be at. Like, the Pittsburgh Maulers are worse than the 08 Lions, right? Like, they're worse than, like, some winless college team in the MAC. They're worth watching. Look, they're so bad, they're actually worth checking out <laughs> just to see how terrible it, it could really be. You will love the Jets after watching the Pittsburgh Ballers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jason, I, I do I do think Corey Davis is still a Jet. He is, but Jamison Crowder is not. Jamison Crowder is now a Bill. Yeah. Uh, so, again, your best players keep leaving, but Corey Davis is still there. Elijah Moore is still there. Denzel Mims is still there. You got that going for you. But yeah, wide rec- you guys are going to get a wide receiver sometime early in this draft, if not yeah. in the first round, then then in the second. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the USFL was not the greatest football. A couple of the games were entertaining, and the rules changes did come into effect. No teams went for three, but the ability to go for three altered decisions at the end of the games for uh, for the teams. So okay. it was it was pretty cool. It was it was. I mean, it's not great football, but it is football, and it's not. I mean, it, when you say when you say not great, was it penalty laden or was it just like guys missing guys wide open and and guys missing um you know missing so, blocks or the tackling was atrocious? No, like, somebody somebody made this point on Twitter. I might have been Dwayne McFarland. I'm so bad at remembering who makes these points. Might have been Dwayne McFarland that the problem with these leagues is not even necessarily quarterback play, although some of them are atrocious. It's the offensive line. Because there's like 10 offensive linemen on all NFL teams, including the practice squads. So like any offensive lineman who is even the slightest bit talented has a roster spot in the NFL. You cannot get five good offensive linemen on a team in this league. And we know offensive lines are really only as good as their weakest player. And the worst players on these offensive lines are ass. Wow. So lots of pressure on quarterbacks, lots of scramble out of the pocket, having to throw on the run that that sort of thing so that's sort of where these leagues need to get better they don't need to spend up on quarterbacks they need to spend up on like they didn't make a deal with the nfl where the practice squad offensive linemen get to come into this league and play that is what they should do to really elevate the the game so did they have a draft yeah they did shay patterson from michigan was the first overall pick by jeff fisher and then he got benched for paxton lynch who then got benched for shay patterson they lost <laughs> Excellence. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they lost. Um, yeah. So the way they did the draft is cool. They did it position by position. So, like the quarterbacks went first, and the Michigan Panthers had the first pick for the quarterbacks. And then, like, 
defensive lineman went second and the Panthers picked last. They never had the last quarterback got to pick first and they reversed it. Okay. And like wide receivers and they do it different. So like each position group, you picked a different spot, right. As you went, as you went through. So to keep the teams a bit more, a bit more balanced, it was, yeah. I mean, it's a well thought out league. The broadcast is pretty good. Some of the camera work, you know, they're trying new things. It's worth checking out a game here or there. I don't think you have to sit and watch it religiously and, mm-hmm. you know, play every single slate like I'm going to. But if it's on, it's definitely worth, like, flipping on, taking a look. It's football, and it's not it's not terrible. Okay. I might give All it right. a sniff then. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to get out of here again next week. We'll be live streaming the first round of the draft uh, here on YouTube. If you're listening uh, to this on the podcast, the link for the YouTube channel is in the show notes. No matter where you're finding it, it's in the description. So you'll be able to follow that link. Come to the come to the channel. If you're on the channel now, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on audio, if you never want to watch us, please come and subscribe to the channel anyways. Like <laughs> it really helps. Like I was studying like these algorithms and stuff. It is insane how much like one subscriber can really help in the like the first 100. It is yeah. amazing. So please, we're asking if you if you like the show, come subscribe on YouTube. Um, we'll be back next week for the draft. Draft starts at eight. I'm going to try to get the show started up at like seven 45. Cleveland yeah. will be joining me at some point, hopefully before the jets draft. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can hear the cussing live, live on the stream. <laughs> um, and we are on the Maddie ice media network. Cleveland is now an employee of the Maddie ice media network, which is awesome. Um, so go to MaddieIceMedia.com, check out the other shows out of there. Cleve has the manual where he talks about all sorts of things, not even necessarily sports related, just mm-hmm. life and things in general. It's really cool. Um, other oh, good shows there to, uh, to check out. And yeah, everybody who joins us here in the chat, we appreciate you. Everybody who's listening to the podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we will see you next Thursday, right back here for the NFL draft. Peace.